This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. I have with me Manu Joseph, who's a columnist, journalist, editor, author of two rather wonderful books, Serious Men and... The Innocent Happiness of Other People. And a multiple award winner. I'm not going to mention them because there were just too many when I checked your, your bio. Manu, I think you are in a unique position and being an author which who you have shown in your books to have a rather larger horizon of current events and um, also a journalist and columnist So, and you've edited other people's work so I think you do have that kind of perspective that would put this into context which is we have been uh, dealing with and suffering with what has now been labeled as post-truth but I think we've been dealing with it for decades where stories are being put out, we're expected to believe them, people do believe them. The other part is that pe- people pull out the, f- the facts that they want to believe according to their own beliefs and, and uh, support complete lies such as Obama was born not an American, not born in America, even after his birth certificate was out and Donald Trump says that I just feel he's not American and that seems to be enough for a lot of people. But in India it has been, I think, far deeper the, the post-truths of how people have been told stories and people accept them as, as fact. And especially recently with all this demonetization where even though there are lines, there's farmers have suffered, rural areas have suffered, but the fact is that it's all good for the country. So tell me, in your experience, do you think that this, now that this disease has a label, do you think there's any hope of people accepting that we don't have to act, believe everything that we hear? So this is uh, the way I look at it. We have been told to believe that hierarchy is bad. And I agree with that. We have been told that a certain social democracy is great and that is the only virtue uh, worth striving for. And I agree with that. Uh, but the truth also is that there are consequences when a hierarchy breaks and there are consequences when there is a certain kind of a social democracy. Now, that is what has happened in journalism. The certain hierarchy has collapsed. So the mainstream respectable journalism is collapsing and that is leaving a vacuum. At the same time, there is a certain democracy of information, which doesn't mean quality information. Now, there is a democracy in the access to information. At the same time, uh, the Brahmins of journalism are falling. So now what, does this, what this means is that now respectable journalism, for all its faults, it had some responsibilities. That's what professionalism is about. Pro- professionalism is not about uh, high quality alone. It simply means some people who are doing something for their livelihood. When a journalist performs journalism for his livelihood, he would have some standards. And when people do journalism for other things which are not about livelihood, they will not have some certain standards because they have other agendas. So that is what is happening. Now, the more important question is why is the respectable mainstream journalism uh, collapsing and why is it giving space to other kinds of things which are actually not journalism. Now, that is the introspection that journalism uh, has to do instead of saying that, okay, people are dumb. No, that is the typical response you hear. And I I straddle two professions, journalism and uh, novels, a certain kind of novels, I don't know what they're called. In both these professions, 
the professionals want to blame everybody else and usually they say they sit in a circle and they say people are dumb people are gullible and uh, that's why uh, this is happening nobody wants quality stuff nobody's reading good stuff but then i think i mean i, I think that is a pointless discussion we can have that discussion and over beer but then if you want anything meaningful to come out of it i think what uh, the mainstream has to do is how can we be better more importantly how can we be more interesting and more popular you know so that is the difficult question that needs to be answered and how can we still be a business now look at what is happening now all the new media now <clears throat> you can't have a socialistic model for the new media now you i, I feel that the only way respectable quality journalism can survive is as a business so intrinsically one should have respect for journalism as business one should have respect for business the idea of business and then do the difficult thing which is to see getting some activists to write some angry um, column for 5000 rupees where that activist is not writing for the money but the activist is writing to push an agenda and mm -hmm. calling it some kind of quality journalism is not enough mm -hmm. because no, i know nobody is reading it you know so there is uh, journalism is a great invention it's a great form of communication and it belongs in the realm of writers you know writers have to tell great stories and uh, and in in a way that captures the imagination of people so uh, it's about hard work and a lot of thinking so if is it also about the old guard uh getting off the pedestal a bit and understanding that there is a, a different way of reaching people re reaching their readers instead of uh the old style of just just heavy analysis exactly Exactly I believe that that they had some notions and just because those notions were virtuous they felt that they should also be right which is nonsense uh, we know that in india especially uh, electoral democracy was never about it was never a moral process it was a process of self interest you know and the middle class values of uh, journalism always promoted these moral ideas which was actually not what people um, uh were guided by you know they were guided by very complex very beautiful thoughts you know uh, but uh, uh, mainstream media tends to simplify uh, these things through middle class values and that's why it gets a lot of things wrong now we talked about post truth and when people talk about post truth inevitably they are talking about the right wing uh, but why don't we look at it differently now why don't we ask this question now why did the respectable american media and the mainstream american literature why didn't they anticipate donald trump isn't the failure of and i know that they report they've been reporting facts but there's a difference between facts and truth so why didn't the the intellectuals american intellectuals the liberals why couldn't they anticipate donald trump while he did come true isn't the failure of that analysis also post truth okay isn't the collapse of analysis where where you are this great uh, great literary nation they have such a rich tradition of writing and journalism they have fabulous institutions uh, and they have a great reach and um, if their analysis was not good enough uh, i feel that that too should be included in the uh, uh, in 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 uh, in what is known as post truth and i think that has been be, largely ignored exactly you know that's large post truth is you know just the uh, just fake stories yes fake stories is a big problem but the fact that 
see and also i want to make one point okay, and also this whole business of fake news is also a bit of an exaggeration where it's being simplified too much now you take the facebook stories okay so take stories like the pope uh, has endorsed donald trump which was a fake story and people point to that uh, in the sh- millions of or likes and millions of shares on the stories to say that see this is how it's propagated but look we have been in this position before and we know something significant i don't know why we are not saying it you're saying that the number of people who shared a fake story about donald trump shows that such fake stories are systematically promoted but what if the reverse is the truth what if the truth is that donald trump was already popular that people love him and because they love him and they don't get to hear anything good about him they latch on to any story even though they might know that it's sus- it's suspect but they are sharing it and liking it as a sign of the his popularity not that he has become popular because of the propagation of the stories but the stories have been propagated as a form of admiration for him what if that is the truth i'm saying that so i'm not saying that ba- is the truth kind of backwards no? exactly maybe what if the reverse is the truth and maybe it maybe the whole idea of fake news see there is some substance to it but maybe it's its power is a bit of an exaggeration again we are committing the same mistake mm-hmm. the mainstream media the liberal we're doing the same as instead of instead of seeing how we can uh, instead of dismissing people as dumb which they may or may not be i think we should look at how can we be as popular as fake stories how can true stories be as uh, popular as fake stories if the answer is the human condition is such that it would always lean towards the substandard then there is no discussion even needed you know that this is humanity and every time uh, and, and if humanity is empowered uh, to communicate the way it wants to it would always reach out to substandard things and there is no hope for quality journalism give up what's the point in even discussing but if you have a better opinion about humanity that if you feel that the human condition is able to see uh, quality journalism then i think we can talk and then i think the talk should uh, primarily concern um the importance of that of that defamed word interesting be interesting just sometimes in life what is important need not be interesting and it is our job as writers to make what is important interesting, interesting yeah. but i think then uh, what you're looking at is kind of optimistic yeah. that we have a big job ahead of us but um whether we will whether the actual citizens and readers will respond to the work that if journalists put in the kind of work that you're asking do you think that it is overly optimistic to expect people to junk their way of picking up their beliefs uh their facts according to their beliefs or going on websites that simply just reinforce what they believe in and and uh, newspapers that just propagate their point of view that will not change that quickly will it see the truth is i'm not as optimistic as uh, you imagine i feel that um, quality would always be a niche and the challenge is to make uh, the niche as broad and big as possible i think we have to accept that um, a certain uh, mainstream is over for respectable journalism so do you think that 
do you see in this near future i mean nobody can predict what's going on but do you see major changes in journalism in the way it's done in the way politicians speak do you think that any of this is going to have any impact at all or it'll just be business as usual it'll be for among the politicians so sir is that a question yeah. okay i feel that uh, there's something interesting which is going on i feel that while there is much darkness uh, i will speak in the indian context mm. i do sense slowly a certain intellectualization of politicians also it's very subtle it's slow it's happening now look at this rss was there in the jaipur literary festival it's not a coincidence i don't know who reached out to who i don't know if the literature festival reached out to the rss or the rss reached out but it, to me it's the same now rss finds it important to be on this platform they know that this is not the electorate they know that they don't need them but that was there's something called prestige prestige is a very powerful emotion mm-hmm. it's actually a sentiment so they need the prestige or they always needed it one of the grouse was that they were never granted the prestige one of the grouse again the nehruvians as they call it is that forget the rss even i had the grouse when i was growing up in the lower middle class kind of setting and you know slowly just you know there is a, there, you hate the snobs you know and most of the time you hate the snobs more than you're corrupt that is the nature of people who are struggling to find the place in the world you know well, it's very frustrating because there's no logic to snobism there is no reason what is the logic because somebody just looks down on you for being not bo- being born in the right place it's excellent logic and the why that logic is powerful is that it's unconscious that's why because most of the time when you're conscious of a corrupt thought you're a fraud but when you're not conscious of a corrupt thought you become a very powerful propagator of an idea now now look at what what does elitism do it's a club and what does a club do it regulates entry and when you regulate entry into a club that is when you benefit from it you know like you you ensure now you look at uh, say a certain op-ed what is happening in the mainstream news op-ed it is not a coincidence that there is a certain foreign education thing happening and there is a certain view which is a, of a certain western sophisticated view merging with an indian origin okay so it's not a coincidence now uh when i was young nobody none of the editors really cared much for foreign degrees now when when editors and section editors themselves are from columbia school of journalism they attach a certain value to the uh, to journalists who been to columbia school of journalism and i can tell you indians who are from the lower middle class background or even middle class background most of them can't afford to go to american journalism college so already that elitism is at work and i can tell you 99% of the journalists do sense that you know they are always they have to start off in a much low pay uh, in in positions which don't pay much while uh, journalists who have been more uh, lucky they are able to start off with a greater pay though that pay might mean nothing for those people uh, but still that elitism does help people in securing positions and contacts and everything else still now look at even even a festival of this nature imagine a good writer who probably is not well attired or who feels intimidated about talking to people who are kind of posh you know so they're going to be always on the sidelines but that resentment is a political force you know so that resentment so it's now the contest is between that resentment and uh, elitism 
so I, I th but, uh, don't you see that it's changed now that it's that the elitism is has collapsed yes. and um, that block that frankly I belong to having gone to school in Wellham and London School of um, uh, Columbia School of Journalism all elitist sort of things and that whole block of say people like Mani Shankar Iyer that Rajiv Gandhi the whole group of and they all belong to the same schools whether they were editors or they were bureaucrats or whether they were in government they all it was a very incestuous club yes. today that club is dissipated yes. they are looked down upon by this new club the yes. new Latians yes. which is Narendra Modi's yes. club it's again Latians yes. but it's a more regional Hindi yes. based dharti se jurue log who understand India more yes. and people like us are completely out of sync and out of date exactly. that's what is isn't that a good thing <coughs> that's, that's a good thing exactly that is, that is good but at the same time there are consequences to any uh, shift in power so that is what is happening now the elite uh, the, the, that you're referring to now they had some values and uh, they uh, and mainstream respectable journalism was a beneficiary of those values though elitism was sick and disgusting and it weakened journalism and it weakened many other institutions ironically although these guys they talk about institutions but because they were a club uh, see I feel talent is just a mathematical probability a few people in a certain number of people will have talent when you reduce that pool Okay, you'll have limited talent and other people are going to uh, benefit not on merit uh, but for uh, because of otherwise I mean, for various other things that's why I feel that the upper middle class Indian upper middle classes uh, contempt for Rahul Gandhi is hilarious because the Indian upper middle class is filled with Rahul Gandhi's you know so we're all beneficiaries of family Indian farm family is a cartel and the Indian family is meant to protect its own and I think that's what a family should do anyway and I probably I probably do that to my child too uh, so, but at the same time, the elite, all, they always have a value, you know. Uh, they, they do stand for a few things, they do build some institutions and processes and, and when they fall, there are consequences which is now they themselves have termed post-truth. And uh, now maybe it takes time for the new rulers to realize the importance of journalistic freedom and I also feel that if there is a good fight, if they're given a good fight, you know, there's another thing which is happening. The liberal media, has, they've also diminished themselves in the eyes of the new rulers. They're, uh, it would be fascinating if the new rulers see respect. They can, they do respect some journalists and they do respect some journalistic organization. And I do believe, for example, I know that they actually do respect Arvind Kejriwal. That's why they're scared of him. You know, that's why it's important for them to defame them, mm -hmm. defame him, because politically he, they know that he could be powerful. Similarly, if they are up against, uh, because they do know the value of, say, uh, New York Times, you know, they, they, it matters a lot if New York Times does something about them. And uh, they seem to attach a certain importance about being on the cover of Time magazine. Mm -hmm. So they know prestige. See, the one thing they know is because they always wanted it. So they do respect. They try to demolish it. But if you give a good fight, I think that's what uh, I think that's what is needed. I think the conflict is good, you know. So the but what we don't have right now is the conflict. You know, nobody is standing up to them. You know, they're having it easy right now because there's they're in because fear. Of, there's a fear. There's fear, of course, and self-censorship. There's fear yes. because there's vindictiveness. Yes, all that that is true. You know, that's why we need courage. If the stakes are low, then you don't need courage. 
it's when your livelihood depends on it when you're broke you know like for example i myself financially i've i've lost a lot because i've i was bracketed in in a particular ideology which was also odd so there are consequences and depends on um, how much in fact there was a very interesting question you asked me after radia when we were talking about why a lot of indian editors didn't do it and then um, uh, i think i gave a facetious answer about journalistic courage and you said but people have uh, bills to pay and i thought a lot about it later you know uh, that it's only when <coughs> it's difficult you know so let's not ta- le- i i feel the defamation of indian editors is also a bit unfair you know because they they have their own demons uh, and within that context actually they're doing an admirable job let's not forget even in this today's situation yes there's a lot of compromise there's still an ambiguity you know they would still some stories would slip through yes the exclusive story is dead but if something happens and everybody is covering and everybody will jump in you know, a negative story on modi if it is public knowledge if it is emerges from a press conference everybody would still carry it you know so they they won't black it out it is the exclusive that they are afraid of yeah well the story that find which was sitting on everybody's desk during the congress period on robert wadra was sitting on most editors desk for about 6 months and nobody ran it until in frustration the journalist gave it to arvind kejriwal then when he announced the whole story uh, in a press conference then everybody shot over his shoulder so exactly. it's so second remove that, is, that yeah. is one of the most underrated forms of journalism which kejriwal and uh, his, his his party started you know it, it, they were actually in the realm of journalism uh, prashant bhushan especially who was as we know probably has been the unnamed source in many of the important stories so he realized that after a point these journalists are not running in this story so they said we don't need that we'll just hold press conferences so uh, so it's interesting one of the stories against ambani's the notice was not sent uh, sent to kejriwal it was sent to media op- outlets for covering a press conference you know so that's an indicator of so what you're saying is that let him say whatever but you they are not to cover it, it. Right. yeah so but still we are in a position where we cover the the day indian media stops covering press conferences that would be the day it begin to end and that is that is the day when young journalists should be in a position to stand up to the editorial management unite stand up to the editorial management and then take a stand okay against the editors against the management i don't know if it, because because sooner because they are going to lose their livelihood the day indian media stops covering press conferences which are inconvenient that would be the day when uh, when uh, indian journalists begin to lose their livelihood because profession of journalism let's not take it for granted mm-hmm. learn from the film industry everybody we as indians we have a very vibrant film industry we think every country has a film industry no hollywood has colonized film intellectually american journalism has already colonized indian journalism i spend 90% of my time reading american journalism because of the color i enjoy it and i know i'm being colonized by quality by and while i should you know i i want great indian journalism to read but similarly in other forms also others can colonize us and one day we'll realize that we don't have anything with us thank you very much manu okay thank you so much all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.